Reading 365 Bible Study from October the 6th, Jeremiah chapter 6, 16 verse to chapter 8 verse 7. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. I posted a watchman over you who said, listen to the sound of the alarm. But you replied, no, we won't pay attention. Therefore, listen to this, all you nations. Take note of my people's situation. Listen, all the earth. I will bring disaster on my people. It is the fruit of their own schemes because they refuse to listen to me. They have rejected my word. There's no use offering me sweet frankincense from Sheba. Keep your fragrant columnus imported from distant lands. I will not accept your burnt offerings. Your sacrifices had no pleasing aroma for me. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will put obstacles in my people's paths. Fathers and sons will both, both fall over them. Neighbors and friends will die together. This is what the Lord says. Look, a great army coming from the north. A great nation is rising against you from far off lands. They are armed with bows and spears. They are cruel and show no mercy. They sound like a roaring sea as they ride forward on horses. They are coming in battle formation, planning to destroy you, beautiful Jerusalem. We have heard reports about the enemies and we wring our hands in fright. Pangs of anguish have gripped us like those of a woman in labor. Don't go out to the fields. Don't travel on the roads. The enemy's sword is everywhere and terrorizes us at every turn. Oh, my people, dress yourself in burlap and sit among the ashes, mourn and weep bitterly as for the loss of an only son. For suddenly the destroying armies will be upon you. Jeremiah, I have made you a tester of metals that you may determine the quality of my people. They are the worst kind of rebel full of slander. They are as hard as bronze and iron, and they lead others into corruption. The bellows fiercely fan the flames to burn out the corruption, but it does not purify them. For the wickedness remains, I will label them reject silver, for I, the Lord, am discarding them. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go to the entrance of the Lord's temple and give this message to the people. O Judah, listen to this message from the Lord. Listen to it, all you who worship here. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Even now, if you quit your evil ways, I will let you stay in your own land. But don't be fooled by those who promise you Safety simply because the Lord's temple is here. They chant the Lord's temple is here. The Lord's temple is here. But I will be merciful only if you stop your evil thoughts and deeds and start treading each other with justice. Only if you stop exploiting foreigners, orphans, and widows. Only if you stop your murdering. And only if you stop harming yourself by worshiping idols. 
Then I will let you stay in this land that I gave you to your ancestors to keep forever. Don't be fooled into thinking that you will never suffer because the temple is here. It's a lie. Do you really think you can steal, murder, commit adultery, lie and burn incense to Baal and all those other new gods of yours? And then come here and stand before me in the temple and chant, We are safe only to go right back to all those evils again. Don't you yourself admit that this temple which bears my name has become a den of thieves? Surely I see all the evil going on there. I, the Lord, have spoken. Go now to the place of Shiloh where I once put the tabernacle that bore my name. See what I did there because of all the wickedness of my people, the Israelites. While you were doing these wicked things, says the Lord, I spoke to you about it repeatedly, but you would not listen. I called out to you, but you refused to answer. So just as I destroyed Shiloh, I will now destroy this temple that bears my name, this temple that you trust in for help, this place that I gave to you and your ancestors, and I will send you out of my sight into exile just as I did your relatives, the people of Israel. Pray no more for these people, Jeremiah. Do not weep or pray for them, and don't beg me to help them, for I will not listen to you. Don't you see what they are doing throughout the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? No wonder I am so angry. Watch how the children gather wood and the fathers build sacrificial fires. See how the women knead dough and make cakes to offer to the queen of heaven, and they pour out liquid offerings to the either other idol gods. Am I the one they are hurting? Ask the Lord, most of all. They hurt themselves to their own shame. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will pour out my terrible fury on this place. Its people, animals, trees, crops, will be consumed by the unquenchable fire of my anger. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Take your burnt offerings and your other sacrifices and eat them yourself. When I led your ancestors out of Egypt, I was not burnt offerings and sacrificials I wanted from them. This is what the Lord told them. Obey me, and I will be your God. Obey me, and I will be your God. And you will be my people. Do everything as I say, and all will be well. This is what the Lord told them. Again, obey me. Obey me, and I will be your God. And you will be my people. Do everything as I say, and I will be well. And all will be well. But my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following their stubborn desires of their evil hearts. They went backward instead of forward. From the day your ancestors left Egypt until now, I have continued to send my servants, the prophets, day in and day out. But my people have not listened to me or even tried to hear. They have been stubborn and sinful, even worse than their ancestors. Tell them all this, but do not expect them to listen. Shout out your warnings, but do not expect them to respond. Say to them, this is the nation whose people will not obey the Lord, their God, 
and who refuse to be taught. Truth has vanished from among them. It is no longer heard on their lips. Shave your heads in mourning and weep alone on the mountains. For the Lord has rejected and forsaken this generation that has provoked his fury. The people of Judah had have sinned before my very eyes, says the Lord. They have set up their abominable idols right in the temple that bears my name, defiling it. They have built pagan shrines at Tophet, the garbage dump in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, and there they burn their sons and daughters in the fire. I have never commanded such horrible deed and never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. So beware for the time is coming, says the Lord, when the garbage dump will no longer be called Topet or the Valley of Ben-Hinnom, but the Valley of Slaughter. They will bury bodies in Topet until there is no more room for them. The bodies of my people will be food for the vultures and wild animals, and no one will be left to scare them away. I will put an end to the happy singing and laughter in the streets of Jerusalem. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard in the towns of Judah. The land will lie complete in desolation. In that day, says the Lord, the enemy will break open the graves of the kings and officials of Judah and the graves of the priests, prophets, and common people of Jerusalem. They will spread out their bones on the grounds before the sun, moon, and stars. The gods my people have loved, served, and worshipped. Their bones will not be gathered up again or buried, but will be scattered on the ground like manure, and the people of this evil nation will survive, will wish to die rather than live where I will send them. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Jeremiah says to the people, This is what the Lord says. When people fall down, don't they get up again? When they discover they're on the wrong road, don't they turn back? Then why do these people stay on their self-destructive path? Why do these people of Jerusalem refuse to turn back? They cling tightly to their lives and will not turn around. I listen to their conversations and don't hear a word of truth. Is anyone sorry for doing wrong? Does anyone say, what a terrible thing I have done? No, all are running down the path of sin, as swiftly as a horse galloping into battle. Even the stork that flies across the sky knows the time of her migration, as do the turtle dove, the swallow, and the crane. They all return to the proper time each year, but not my people. They do not know the Lord's laws. Huh. Beautiful, wonderful. I'm going to expound more through the other Bible that's going to amplify it about recovery and restoration. What I love about this, it says, obey. Like God says, obey. Obey and praise me about your problems. Get on your knees, repent for what you've done the wrong that you've been, even if you know you've already been forgiven, it's good to cleanse the heart through asking God to clean you again through taking communion and the blood of Jesus Christ. 
I really enjoy the passage where it says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. So let us stop at the crossroad and let us look around. Lord, we ask you for the old godly way that we may walk in it, that we may travel its paths, and that we may find rest for our souls. That's what we want. And thank you to Lord Jesus Christ that has given us the power and the strength to do that. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me read the uh, commentary here, study. Precious metals like silver and gold are purified by fire. As the metals is heated, the impurities are burned away and only the pure metals remain. When God set out to purify his people, Israel, their impurities were spiritual and included rebellion against God, slander of other people, a hard and stubborn attitude, and a disposition to lead others into corruption. As God tested the people of Judah, however, he could not find no purity in their lives. They continue in their sinful ways. Do you see impurities in your life? That should be burned away. Confess them to God. Ask him to refine you and allow him to purify you as he sees fit. Also reflect on the areas of your life that he has already refined and thank him for what he's doing. Hey, 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 amen. So when we get on our knees and we take communion, we are asking to refine us one more time. As I had a vision or a dream once that uh, we were all members in church and we were all in different lines and they had anvils and heated gold and smashing gold and we were all walking forward to these uh, precious uh, and it seems like we were all being purified with love what they were teaching on the church they were teaching first John 1 through 5 that love is the purifier factor. It purifies our system. It gets us closer to God. Thanking God for where we're at in life allows him and permission to use the anvil and to help us become that gold bar he wants us to be. Amen. Thanking him for problems make us a goal attitude. Words don't hurt us. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, and please stay for the next reading, which will be amplifying. I'll be going over these verses on my other Bible. Hang on, please. Thank you for coming on today's podcast. I'll be reading from the book of Jeremiah, probably from chapter 6 to chapter 8. Just excerpts and take out a few Verses that's going to talk about recovery, 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 or restoration. Amen. That's what we have here. Let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Sometimes recovery is maintained by the one act of all of us can do, run from sin. God warns us to flee temptations, 
to run before we have to experience the dreadful consequences of being out of control. When we find ourselves on shaky ground, tempted by sin, it is wise to run first, then analyze the situation later. Tradition one is huge for me. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Staying when inside the group, staying in the flock, staying in the herd. My welfare was to do the steps before the steps. First of all, to get away from the way I was thinking and the influences that are coming around me. I will stay away from dangerous people, places, and situations that will attack my recovery program. And I needed to be around the unity because I know that the love and the fellowship would help me in this program, help me with these words. Now, reading verse 1 in Jeremiah says, Run for your lives, you people of, of Benjamin. Get out of Jerusalem. Sound the alarm in Tikoa. Send up a signal at Bet-Hakirim. A powerful army is coming from the north, coming with disaster and destruction. What is he saying? Amen. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. For us is to listen and ask for the right road, the godly road to walk in there, to stand and meditate and then ask out loud, where is the good road, the ancient godly road that I may travel in, God, that I may be directed? Amen. God always warns us many times before finally allowing us to experience the full consequences of our destructive behavior. We see that all the time. He does all he can to get our attention before we have to face his discipline and significant suffering. If we don't listen, however, we will eventually hit bottom. Hopefully through such experiences we discover how helpless we are without God. Turn our lives over to him and submit to his will for us. Even God's punishment is meant to lead us back to himself. We would be wise to act before we have to deal with the terrible consequences of chronic sin and dependency and self-assurance of relying on our own instincts. The Bible clearly says, do not rely on your own understanding but acknowledge the Lord, acknowledge, engage the Lord, and we shall be directed, and you will be directed. Folks, it works. We acknowledge the Lord in the morning. Where is the good path I should walk? And then we go to a meeting, and all of a sudden, someone is talking about, about it. And we say, wow, what a coincidence. Well, what we did is we acknowledge the Lord that we're ready to be directed, we're better to be hunched or nudged in the right direction. Amen. After a while, we get to understand how to run our lives and not to be in the fog. God wants our will, and his will is for us to easily obey, to thank him for our problems and get out of the way, let him work at them, and to be Good repenters, you know, when we mess up, say, I thank you, God, I blew it. Now I can come in to receive some of your mercy. 
some of your kindness, some of your love and your forgiveness. Amen. Yeah, folks. If it sounds strange to you to thank God that you messed up, thank God that you blew it again, then your other formula hasn't worked. Your preventive maintenance hasn't worked. So why don't you try, be open-minded, and try this formula for success. I thank you, God, I missed it, because failure is good. Foolishness is good if you thank God and bring it to God. You know, stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Amen. Again, in verse 16 of Jeremiah 6 says, This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. How hard is that, folks, to uh, to listen and to seek God in that area? So we won't, won't keep getting close to the smashing wheel, the threshing wheel. I once had a dream that there was 40 people running around with these big burlap sacks on top of their heads. I guess it was their, their tents, and they were in the desert. And 40 of them, they were running around and they had one leader and they were running haphazardly back and forth this way and that way. And there was a big threshing wheel. I mean, a giant wheel that crushes grain. You know, the kind they tie an ox to. And that wheel was going around and around and they almost got smashed. And they almost got smashed again. And the, the aimlessly, they were going around and they finally came up to me. I was watching all this from a distance. And they finally, the the procession walked up to me. And there's this one guy with a with a with a silver looking outfit, very nice, you know, like a, a, a Arab, and and with a uh, you know that thing on the head that whatever they call it, turnbull. <laughs> And it was me, and I saw that person, and it was me, and it was 40 people. I was the leader, and, and the Spirit said, the Prince of Vanity, the Prince of Vanity. There's a person that is in danger and does not acknowledge the Lord, does not ask for his help, and does not humble himself before the Creator of heavens and the earth who made him. He's not wise enough. He's taken the gifts and and has has not been sensitive to his creator. He is what you call indifference. I'm talking about myself. He is to call angry, and he is to be called uh, resentful. Those are the character defects, but especially vanity. Now, vanity can be good, folks. If you thank God about vanity, vanity is. Is it has you know get yourself looking properly so other people will see that you have a God that represents you, Amen. Now in verse twenty six it says here, "O my people, dress yourself in burlap and sit among the ashes, mourn and weep bitterly as for the loss of an only son. For suddenly the destroying armies will be upon you." Whoa! In other words, repent, folks. Make sure you repent. I am sorry for the way I conducted myself all these years. 
I am sorry for all the people I hurt. I am sorry for the wrong I I done. I'm really, truly, truly sorry for the things I done. I ask God to to make me sensible, you know, to receive His forgiveness, but not let my heart. The problem is my heart keeps getting rusty and 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 it gets callous. So I need to keep doing this process over and over again. Keep my heart warm. Now, Jeremiah, the Lord says, I had made you a tester of metals, that you may determine the quality of my people. They are the worst kind of rebels, full of slander. They are as hard as bronze and iron, and they lead others into corruption. Yeah, my heart gets full of rust, and it's iron. The bellows fiercely fan the flames to burn out the corruption, but it does not purify them, see? In other words, testing comes to us, but it doesn't do the work. It doesn't purify us. For the wickedness remains. I will label them rejected silver, rejected Lord, for I, the Lord, am discarding them. See, there come a time when the Lord says, enough is enough. Many of God's people believe that God's presence in the temple would protect them from church or belonging to some uh, order, regardless whether or not they obey God's law. But the people of, were not excused from a, obedience, and neither are we. We may claim to be exceptions to the rule. I have special needs. I have a special plan. I understand this. Others don't. This thinking, however, only supports our denial, allowing us to falsely believe that we are not accountable to God's plans, rules, and judgments. Such attitudes are destructive. God controls our world, and His plan for healthy living in His Word is the only program worth following. Amen. To me, I say, Uncle, Uncle, I did it. Thank you for your forgiveness. By examining the lives of those who have gone before us, we can see blessings experienced by those who obey God and the terrible consequences suffered by those who reveled against him. Greed, denial, and pursuit of pleasures have destroyed the lives of many of our ancestors. But if we are willing to learn from those before us, we can make the changes we need to avoid their terrible fate. The depths of sin is seen in the practice of a child's of abortions and all kinds of crazy acts. God clearly forbids. How could people have grown so distant from common sense, from the plan of loving and letting life grow? Here are the lures so far from God's plan. And we know that we've done wrong when participating in some of cutting life down. We know we've done wrong. We need to, to repent and ask God to cleanse us and forgive us of the sins we've done quickly. We need to take a regular moral inventory to detect the sins and denial in our own lives. When we don't, one sin leads to another. As we continue to sin, we become blinded to them, and our own sin grows even greater. When we take an honest moral inventory regularly, we can make the changes needed to root out our sins before it destroys us.
One of the reasons so many of us fall prey to, to addictive behavior is that we don't follow God's principles for a healthy living. Another person is that we foolishly seek truth and meaning apart from God. We seek truth and meaning apart from God. Now finding it, we, we fill the void with whatever is most convenient. Even the animals show more wisdom than we do as they follow their God-given instincts for survival. They, in the seasons, they know where to go. We would be wise to follow their lead and in seasons come and repent and clear us up. Take communion. Thank God for our foolishness. Thank God that we keep trying and trying and we mess up. You know, he for, he's a forgiving father who loves us, who'll care for us, restore us, and tells us to go out and play again, but be kind and keep and forgive. People who lead others astray will face severe judgment from God. People in recovery are often told that they are quick, that there are quick, easy methods to overcoming addiction. We are also told by many that recovery requires no commitment to God. Those who claim these things are trying to sell us something. Recovery from a deep-rooted dependency or other personal problems is never fast and easy. God isn't interested in quick fixes. He is interested only in full recovery based on a strong relationship with Him. May many claim that there are other ways, but any program that excludes God and his word should be avoided. You've been warned, Fernando. How can you say we are wise because we have the word of the Lord when your teachers have twisted it by writing lies on top of it? These wise teachers will fall into the trap of their own foolishness, for they have rejected the word of the Lord. Are they so wise after all? Let's pray. Let's pray the uh, third step prayer, please. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Thank you, Lord.